Welcome to the Next Trip Podcast with Doug and Drew. This is an aviation and travel podcast covering current topics and trip reviews with multiple course deviations on our route. All thoughts and opinions are our own. Welcome to Boarding Pass 29, everyone. This is Drew, and I'm here with Doug. We're two av geeks and aviation professionals, creating a safe space for other av geeks and travel enthusiasts to obsess about all things aviation. Good day, everyone. We hope this episode finds you safe, healthy, and in good spirits. We're one week closer to this crisis being over. We're staying positive and aviation tough. So everyone, today we are joined by our good friend, Justin Yarbrough. You may remember him from Boarding Pass 13, where we talked about airline accessibility. Justin is blind. He brings a unique perspective to the world of aviation. He writes for a website called Runway Girl Network. Um, you guys check out this uh, website. So they look at aviation from a passenger experience perspective. They use the hashtag PaxX, and it's more of the social, the people, the diversity. Really interesting. I've been reading it a lot. So Justin just published an op-ed in Runway Girl Network called Flying Blind in a Post-Pandemic World. It's complicated. We're excited to have him back on the show to discuss how COVID-19 impacts on travel or not uniform across the board. Justin, welcome back. Welcome back, Justin. How have you been holding up? Thanks, y'all. Um, I've been holding up pretty well, all things considering. So before we go on, um, I have to like let throw a match into this. Um, so our friend Doug put something on Twitter a couple of days ago. I posted pictures of three planes, <laughs> a 787, a 777, and an ERJ-145, and the ERJ looked beautiful in the dullest sunlight. And then what did you have to say? <laughs> yeah, I said something about, oh, uh, it's a terrible airplane in this lineup. <laughs> but aside from that, this is a, a beautiful lineup of pictures. And that started civil <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> We're still trying to tamp that down. But it's fun. So, and Justin, you threw some uh, matches into the fire too, right? Didn't <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd take the ERJ over the CRJ, but, you know, I'm not a really bad fan of any plane that I have to duck to walk into, <laughs> and um, I'm not that tall, so. Well, yeah, people were getting very defensive. They were like, you know, stay, you know, keep off my jungle jets, or, you know, someone was like, what exactly, what problem do you have with it? It doesn't, you know, you can't classify it with a 777. So, so I, I think I understand where they're coming from because they're, they're pilots and they've flown at the regionals. And so they probably have a love for that airplane because they, they flew it. Like if someone attacked the DC-10 versus the 777, come on, let's be honest. From a passenger experience, if you're in Polaris or Delta One on a 777, that's a lot better yeah. than the old school first class from the DC-10. And even economy, you've got yeah. seatback screens and, and whatnot. And yeah, if the 777 is a much better passenger experience, but I would come to the defense of the DC-10 and be like, come on, man, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, no, no, but you and Justin, to a certain extent, you guys are looking at it from a civilian perspective. So when I was working for United Express as a kid, guess which plane I had a big framed picture of in my room? Just guess. Just Not the ERJ-145. Worse. Well, for you. So it was the Embraer. It was the Embraer 120 Brasilia. The Brasilia. I loved yeah. that plane. Yeah. But then you got, you know, civilians would come on and like hate on it. Yeah. And then I could see how someone could take that personally, right? Because you, you form an attachment to these planes you work on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to fly an Embraer 120 Brasilia now. I mean, just for the, maybe for the. The nostalgia. Uh, the nostalgia. Nostalgia of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And what, while we're talking about Twitter and pulling us into another argument or discussion someone someone tagged us this morning on a photo so mm -hmm. ken hoke he's a ups pilot uh, i can't remember what his handle is on twitter but post a lot aero savvy yeah aero savvy aero savvy okay yeah follow him guys he's got a lot of great stuff but he posted a picture he and some friends flew down to florida this week in one of their their private planes oh i saw they, that they brought biscoff yes. along and they said it's like flying in delta comfort plus and they had pictures of them sitting in the cockpit with biscoff and someone knows that we talk about biscoff so they tagged us in it yeah that was me oh that was you yeah, uh, that yeah. Was <laughs> no you guys will not let you guys know that we're trying to stop talking about biscoff but you and i think jason napful from phoenix you guys keep like oh and greg yeah from, uh, dallas yeah he keeps putting that in. Well, we'll keep talking about them until we're sponsored by them eventually, I guess. There, there you go. We're just yeah, trying to 
work that. Yeah, we're, we're just trying to help out the podcast. Get that cookie money. Yeah. Well, we, we got to pit the Stroopwafel people versus the Biscoff people, you know, and they can raise how much. Yeah, we can we can duke out our sponsorship. So if anyone's listening from Stroopwafel or, or Biscoff, <laughs> we're here. Just email us. All right, Justin, last time that we, we had you on, we talked about airline accessibility and the article that you'd written about CBAC IFE using the accessibility. So as a, as a quick recap from that episode, when United introduced their new 787-10s last year, it included this really nice suite of accessibility features, which included accommodation for blind passengers. And we talked about it. I actually had a chance to fly on the 787-10 on United a couple weeks later. So I got to try it out. Justin, it was incredible. I, I was blown away by how good it was. And even so in, in a movie, you have the opening credits and I think it was par- or not Paramount, it was Universal. So you have the, the globe and it pans around the globe. The description in that 15 second clip mm. was better than watching the 15. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's the audio description on stuff is really cool. I mean, my my wife has gotten to where she loves it because it's hmm. like she can go be working in the kitchen and, you know, the movie's still going and she can be focused on whatever she's doing and, you know, it, still it, like follow the movie or TV so it's like show a, it's or like whatever. An audiobook. It was it amazing. Like it was it was like even more <laughs> in depth than an audio book, though, because it's it's explaining the visualization of the the image on the screen and i thought Mm -hmm. there's no way that they're going to be able to in five seconds or ten seconds however long each clip is i thought there's no way they're going to be able to describe what's on the screen and i i kept going back and watching it over and over and over again i i have no idea how they're able to make it work but it was incredible who's the voice is it a, like james earl ray or i mean who J- james earl jones <laughs> james earl jones yeah, no i um I, I didn't recognize the voice i'm sure justin you probably re- hear voices the same voices um a, a lot on netflix i hear a lot of the same ones because the, they'll put it on a lot of their content okay. they're all narrated by the same woman there are a few people out there who are more known for doing it but yeah, I mean, there are certainly, you know, there are people out there that that's basically what they do is reading those audio descriptions. So what is she? So the universal globe appears and she says, oh, a globe, a universal globe that's spinning. No, it's so much more than that. It's it's like dark, dark sky in the background, the earth huh. down below, green and blue. It zooms out. You see lights flickering. The lights are the cities. Universal oh, wow. on screen. We're spinning left to right. It, 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 I mean, oh as I'm okay. saying this, you guys can all probably picture that, yeah. that universal opening and the description yeah. of it was just incredible. Um, you should maybe be a voice for it because I really felt like I was there. Yeah. Well, it's Embedded. just it's just because I kept watching it over and over again. I couldn't do that for anything else. But no, um, Justin, I, if, when, I, when I was on Delta a couple of weeks ago, I, I was curious because that was my first time flying since that trip. And so I, I was curious what other airlines have because I know we had talked about United. Delta had about 50 movies with audio description as well yeah. on, on their, their, it was on the 737-900. So. Yeah, and American has it on some of theirs okay. on their IFE too. Yeah. Um, they don't have like the screen reader functionality as far as I know where, you know, like it goes through kind of like how I use my iPhone and will read the things that are just on the screen, but they do have that audio description. I'm really happy that you're able to have that type of stuff now. And it's, it's yeah. really neat to see kind of where the industry is, is moving toward. And if anyone wants to see a preview, there is in that, in that article for that I did on Runaway Girl, there is a video embedded done by the RNIB over in the UK that had, that's interlaced kind of like it has some people talking about watching things with audio description. It's interlaced with, scenes from stranger things with the audio description so you can kind of just pull that up and get a real quick idea or there's a lot of things on netflix that have it and it's just a matter of just going in and changing the audio and subtitle settings justin do you know do you know if that is going to be the standard as we go along or is this just a couple airlines that's doing it or do you um, think becoming it's gonna there's talk there's going to be mandates probably coming 
in the future about seeing audio description and IFE accessibility becoming more of a thing. Yeah. Um, I know there's like some early discussions on that, or at least there were before the current administration came in. But you know, so there might either there might be something coming along on that. It's something I haven't really kept my ear to the ground on all that much. But I will say, like for movies, um, pretty much anything new that comes out nowadays has that audio description track on it. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of them you'll go if you just have like the Blu-ray, you'll if you go into the audio settings, you'll see an option to turn it on. Hmm. Okay. And it's being added a lot for like older stuff too. Well, okay, so that's the IFE, but you know, that's just one piece of it. So today we're gonna go beyond that and talk about Justin's latest article about flying in times of COVID. So Justin, do you wanna, um, once again, this is on the Runway Girl Network, uh, flying blind during the pandemic. Justin, do you wanna um, give us a little overview of that? Cause um, we have some questions for you too. Yeah, sure. Um, so what my idea, this was a little different than what I'd normally done. I, in the past, had just written op-eds for them. And this one was really more newsy. I talked to a few people I knew about like their feelings about flying right now. Most of the, most of the people I talked to were kind of your civilian, maybe fly a couple times a year normally. But one of them, um, Ron, what, before the pandemic, he was flying weekly for business for, he's like a VP for some company that works with public transit agencies. And so, you know, he, he flew all the time. He's an elite on American. So, you know, he had a really, he had a little bit more of a perspective than probably the other folks I talked to just because, like I said, he was in the skies every week before, before COVID hit. Did you just call the travelers civilians? <laughs> um, well, civilians versus AF geeks, I guess I should <laughs> okay, say. Okay, well, so, Doug, we did it. Because <laughs> yeah, um, our definition of a civilian is, because I'm, I'm not a military person, but I call them civilians if they're AF geeks, right, or travelers. If they're non-AV geek or just regular travelers, just they're civilians. They're civilians, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I meant. So <laughs> it kind of just stuck with me. I think I heard you say that once. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, start, we're starting a trend. I like yeah, it. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so got a question on this era. So it's for the listeners, it's A I R A, and I help me understand: is that's a service or an app that helps you go through the airport? Okay, it it it's through an app on your like iPhone or your Android device. But it, what it does is it connects you sort of like a FaceTime call. It's two way audio, one way video, with someone you know who works for Era that they will provide you they'll basically let you see what they describe what they see and help you out with things like they'll you know and it's not just for like in this case like getting around an airport although that's the only time i've ever actually used the service because uh-huh. um, so they offer do they have free. you on gps or something like they see exactly where you are yeah, they'll have gps and they'll see through what's through coming through on your camera on your phone Okay, so oh, wow. you hold up your camera, show them. Yeah, what yeah, you just hold up your phone like uh, you're, you know, like sure. doing whatever as you're doing it. So, so yeah, that one time I'm doing it, I'm going through the uh, Houston Intercontinental with like PJs, you know, my guide dog in one hand and the other hand is holding up my phone. Um, working through to get from the gate over to baggage claim where my brother was meeting me. Okay. So they tell you turn left, go straight, mm-hmm. turn right. Yeah. So they'll tell you kind of like left, straight, right. They might ask you to stop and kind of pan around. They sure. might take some, they might use it to take a picture so they can look at a sign closer. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, do they have, do they have people who are specialists for those particular locations? Uh, no, they, no. no, this could be, Anything. I mean, and like the guy who got on my uh, thing, the next call he could have gotten could have been from someone who has their guide dog and wasn't sure where they dropped a nugget, uh, so to speak. Uh, I guess they get, from what I hear, they actually get that kind of a call a lot. Um, (laughs) Now, they can help out with like anything. It's like help you out, figure out what color something is. Yeah. You know, they anything that I you might need visual assistance with. I think they actually even have through 
um, using some sort of program, they can help you out with things like on the computer where they can kind of like take remote control and help you through maybe like an inaccessible form or something. Sure. Now that's, um, that's not going to change post COVID, right? Because they're, they're already pretty much working from home, but yeah. In, in the article you mentioned, so another thing that you do is you have a, you can have a handler, right? Yeah, at, sighted guide. Or, but yeah, sighted guide. Yeah, your meet, your meet and assist folks at the airport. They, yeah, and, and you mentioned... You that, usually you'll see them like pushing around the wheelchairs or whatever. Sure, and, and, and with you, I, th- I think I remember you saying that you might grab onto their arm and they'll, yeah. they'll walk you somewhere. And so in the article, you were talking about the comfort level of, of people doing that going forward. And so that's where you traveling now in a post-pandemic world, there might be people who are uncomfortable with that, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, there might be, because it's like, you don't, I mean, you know, when I was talking about it in the article, when I'd asked like Ron about it, he's like, as long as they're wearing face masks, washing mm-hmm. hands, like I and I am, he's not worried about it. I, yeah. I kind of take the same attitude myself, but you know, mm-hmm. I can understand why other people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, especially like Karen, who was in it, she's, she's more, she's more vulnerable because she's got, you know, health conditions that make her higher risk. Um, the other thing is being blind, you don't have the ability to like move away as you see other people coming towards you. Like, like yeah, yeah. Like I can't see, I can't tell if I'm like six feet away from people and, um, you know, or if they're wearing masks or whatever. And PJ sure doesn't understand, you know, teaching him to stay six feet away from people is just not going to be a thing. He's, he's the kind of guy, dog, and a lot of guy dogs will be like this. He'll kind of, he'll walk you through, but he's going to walk you as close to something as he can a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, like, I remember, like, when we, when I got back from New Jersey with him, I remember my wife just being amazed in the airport watching him. It was like incredibly crowded when we got back and PJ just weaving me through the crowd, mm-hmm. you know, because it was like packed and he's just like weaving me through, you know, like we're doing the slaloms in the Olympics or something, <laughs> you know, they, you know, the dogs, they don't, they don't understand that spacing. And even like a few years in like a white cane, you, you know, the techniques that we use for getting around aren't something that, were designed with social distancing in mind. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's a concern even like just to go step out of aviation for a second. Like by early August, the plan is for generally just about everyone where I work to be back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're talking about like, oh, floor markings, everyone's staying six feet apart, you know, one way hallways, all, all those kind of things. And I'm like, I can't, there, all the, the things they're talking about doing are like things I can't do. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, and, and you run into the same thing, like they're doing that at grocery stores. You know, I can't, I can't see that stuff. I mean, I'm, I, at least I have a job I can easily do from home. Yeah. And my manager's like, you can just stay working from home as long as this is like this, it's fine. And it's just going to be a lot less stressful. And honestly, I've gotten to where I love working from home. So yeah, you know, a lot of people are finding this is better for them. Like my partner is a school teacher. He's going to, he may be disappointed when he has to go back into work physically. Yeah. Yeah. My brother is a high school teacher and it's kind of similar for him. Yeah. There's no traffic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. The only I, line like, is, is Drew try to get coffee ahead of him in the morning. <laughs> right. But I'm, before, Justin, before we leave this topic, what are your thoughts on flying again? Are you excited or you just want to wait this out? I'm, you know, I'm in no hurry. Yeah. Is, I mean, I mean, I'd feel okay doing it, you know, especially, you know, like you say with the meat and assistant having to rely on some, I'd be more comfortable doing it with my wife right now. Cause I know where she's been. She knows how to, you know, getting me around that, that kind of thing's no problem. You know, so Justin, Justin, if, if Doug can't go anywhere with me, I'm going to use you as my hall pass. It's like, hey, I have a, a friend who's blind and he literally cannot <laughs> yeah. travel without me. So I, I got to go to Honolulu effective immediately. There you, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how could you say no to that? 
Well, the other thing is, you know, before we move on is the experience is just tamped down now. I know, Doug, you yeah. took that flight and you, you said it was better than you thought it would be. But you can't have really have face-to-face interaction with flight attendants because you can't really see them. Mm-hmm. And people are not going to want to interact as much, of course. The food service is going to be in business class is probably going to be a plate that's wrapped in plastic plopped down. I mean, it's not going to be this beautiful four course meal, you know, it just seems yeah, very it's, sterile, you know? Yeah. It's definitely different. I would imagine than what we're used to. So yeah. my, my question to both of you guys then is right now we know that in the short term, the passenger experience is, is limited. It's decreased. Yeah. Will this disrupt long-term? And I'm talking both from, so when, when, when Justin wrote the article about United's 787s, mm-hmm. that was a booming economy. Yeah. Tech, tech was growing like crazy. The economy was still expanding. The airlines were making money. IFE manufacturers were making money. We're yeah. in a recession or the tail end of one or in one, depending on, on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. Airlines aren't making money right now. It might be a year before they even break even. Yeah. So what will this do for both the accessibility piece going forward as companies inevitably might go out of business and mm-hmm. airlines aren't making the, the kind of money to invest in that. Yeah. And then beyond the accessibility piece, what will this look like for the future just of the passenger experience in general from buffets at the lounges to drink yeah. service on the airplanes to food service? Because some airlines were finally starting to add food service back in coach on domestic flights that's yeah. done i, I mean there, there's not yeah. even there's not even food service or alcohol served in first class on most domestic flights right yeah. now well i i think it's it's going to go back s- somewhat to normal but i think there's some things that we're going to keep so after september 11th we had these security procedures most of which remained right so with this we're going to have some things that remain like the electrostatic spraying that is being mm-hmm. done on the plane yeah I, yeah, I agree. Deep cleaning them more often. I think that's going to stay and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, it is. Definitely it is. is. I mean, I, I suspect like, I, I think on American, a lot of pl- flights, like they're longer than like two hours or something. They're, you, everyone gets handed like a snack bag as they, as they come on with like a bottle mm-hmm. of water and, you know, some stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, I don't know if that'll stick around as being a thing, but I mean, it's still better than nothing, I guess. Yeah. Well, you're going to find that people are getting less sick, less on planes. Because I'll tell you right now, in the office, since we're wiping everything down constantly, people are not getting sick. No one yeah, in the office has even been, gotten a cold. Yeah, and there so. haven't been any like um, big, you know, stories you've heard about of like. Oh, someone was on a flight and 50 people got sick. You know, that that just hasn't been happening. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's more fear around the thought, the thought of being in a metal tube than, you know, with 50, 100, whatever other people. Yeah. There's more like being afraid of it than is actually legitimate for most people. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like you said. I think we'll, we're going to see probably some changes to the pack sex. You know, hopefully, I would love for more cleaning to stick around. Yes, I know. I like there are those companies that have been marketing those like plastic, you know, seat <laughs> divider <laughs> things, yeah. and I'm like, God, no, no, that just sounds terrible. Um, I do not want that to become a thing because it just sounds like a recipe for getting claustrophobic sitting back in coach with mm-hmm. this thing around your head <laughs> and it's you know it's like you're already squeezed enough back there yeah, yeah they'd have to make the seats bigger to just yeah to make that it just it won't work so um, I, I think i think food and drinks will come back relatively quickly i my personal opinion is that they claim that it's a safety thing because it minimizes the touch points i think it's a money thing personally yeah i mean it's the mm. definitely that's that's a factor in it too yeah because the, the airlines mean, the airlines are bleeding money like crazy right now and yeah it, it's getting it, better but they're still yeah. bleeding because, I mean, uh, so justin you mentioned that that american on flights over two hours gives out snack bags i got those snack bags on all of my delta flights and yeah there, there was a bottle of water in there there were snacks so what's to stop them from offering a can of coke and 
Yeah. It's the same thing as, as a bottle of water. Like it, it doesn't increase or decrease the touch points. And no, it does. I mean, and I think, I think kind of like that idea of like even that and maybe you push the cart through to go, Oh, you want, you know, a Coke or a Dr. Pepper or whatever yeah. beyond that. I, I wouldn't mind seeing the snack bag sees as something that sticks. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I kind of like the idea. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. You know, you get your little yeah. snack with that and you get you get your like wipes or whatever, you know. I I think some of that kind of stuff is just going to stick around just yeah. because that's the world we're in now. But I, I mean, yeah, all in all at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to change all that much. As far yeah. as ex, you know and you know, we brought up like the accessibility question. I I could see maybe, you know, United might be with those systems when they're putting them on new planes, I'd imagine just because it's stuff they've already done most of the investment in. It's just Mm -hmm. a matter of the hardware um, at this point. But I would imagine at least for a few years, there's going to be a not doing much more than we have to on that kind of a thing. Yeah. You know, as far as, um, COVID and passenger comfort. Some of these airlines are making really cool things to give customers like a, a safety box, which has like a, a branded um, hand wipe, you know, and a eye mask and all that. So, you know, you can make it attractive too. So yeah. now um, speaking of international, yeah, I mean, I could see totally people like getting in their amenity kits later on, like, yeah. Oh, I've got like my fabric, american or cafe or, or you know whatever face mask your yeah. branded your, your face mask yeah, i mean you get that with like mm-hmm. the you know the eye shades and stuff now so right it doesn't have to thing. look like a surgical mask like you're going into the hospital it can look attractive like the ones that doug made for the next trip yeah i was podcast. about to say can we do a plug for that right now Drew? <laughs> <laughs> yeah go on next trip uh go to officerwayfinder.com and then you'll see the next trip store we have made some beautiful face masks that are look very approachable and not scary. <laughs> all right. So we got, all right, we got to pivot to our um, international audience. So Doug, you and I have been very U S centric just because we're in the U S and we're going through this personally, right? This crisis. Um, we mentioned uh, last week, we're going to focus more on international markets. So let's start in the Philippines because you guys, we are the number one aviation podcast in the Philippines. So Mabuhay Philippines. Thank you for listening to us. Thanks to all of our Filipino listeners. And uh, Doug, we have some Philippine, Philippine Airlines news. Yeah, we do. And th- this came from Corbs, who, before we even mentioned this Philippines thing, he said, hey, I'm a huge listener. I love it here in the Philippines and, and listen to you guys every week. So thanks a lot for that. Philippine Airlines, they've lost a billion dollars. They actually suspended all operations. They were not operating a single flight except for just a couple of repatriation flights. And a Filipino billionaire investor named Taipan Tan pumped $300 million into Philippine Airlines to avoid bankruptcy. They had been operating at a profit in 2019 and um, had just a, a very small net loss uh, leading into the, the crisis after that. Now, they resumed flying on June 1st. They're operating about a 5 to 10% schedule of what they had been doing on international flights, and they're up to 20 to 30% domestic. So we are starting to see around the world that airlines are getting bailouts from their governments and they're starting to open up again more on the domestic front, yeah, exactly. but there, there are some international flights that are resuming. Yeah. I'm glad to see that these uh, countries are supporting their national airlines because unlike the U S they don't have a bunch of carriers. So the ones we're talking about today is, is usually it's mainly the primary ca- carrier for that country. So another one is El Al from uh, Israel. I did not know that they were private for 20 years. I thought they were always government run because no, they, they privatized a couple decades ago. Yeah. So they need a bailout because you know, their flying has basically stopped like everyone else's. So the government is offering them $250 million in loans. Um, but El Al has to uh, release $150 million in shares. And if no one buys it, the government will buy it. So I think it's a good idea to kind of share the burden with El Al. And another one this week was uh, Cathay. Yeah, yeah, we're, stairs this week. Yeah, we we were going to talk about that, but we can we can then bring that yeah, up right now. 
Yeah, they they got a five billion dollar five billion U.S. dollar bailout this week, and then with the yeah. bailout, the Hong Kong government now owns a little above a six percent stake. It uh, two airlines that own parts of Cathay, Air China, and Qatar, they retain their stake, but the the stake is slightly diluted now because of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing they have to do is they have a regional uh, segment called Cathay Dragon. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why they don't just combine that. Why would you want that extra cost of additional branding? Just well, I, I, th- I think it's kind of like Air Canada Rouge. And when Air France KLM tried June a couple of years yeah. ago. Uh, yeah, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, they're, they're just trying to get into that low cost. I, I mean, you look at Qantas. Qantas did it with Jetstar and it's successful. Long haul, low cost is not usually successful, but Cathay hasn't been running Dragon long haul. They've been using A330s and I think some 321s, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they're pretty more like yeah. short and medium, yeah. I think. They're running them like into China, to Taiwan, other places like that. So they're operating it more like, in a way, like United did with Ted, like Ted. Delta did with Song. Yeah. We, we can get into the whole reason why those failed. I, I think that this this time is different because you've seen some success stories like with Qantas and Jetstar. Yeah. I don't like it. I, I feel like it just dilutes the product just have a good quality product. And if on the, the shorter routes you want to save money, just alter your service. People understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, Silk air, Silk air is owned by Singapore airlines. They fly mm-hmm. 737s. That is being absorbed into Singapore airlines. So this is so exciting. We're going to be able to see a narrow body Singapore airlines plane. Yeah. Right. We haven't seen that for what, since they had 57s 30 yeah. years ago, maybe. Yeah. 20, 20 plus years ago. Yeah. And you, I, I honestly think that's going to be better for silk air because if I have a choice of choosing silk air or Singapore airlines, <laughs> I'm going to choose Singapore Airlines. So I think yeah. that's going to increase their load factor. Yeah. Your, your civilians, as we talked about <laughs> earlier, are going to be like, who's Silk Air? <laughs> exactly. Uh, they might have heard of Singapore. Yeah. At least uh, Cathay I, Dragon. I don't know, Justin, Justin, I think you're talking from an AvGeek perspective. I think the majority of, of the civilians out there, they don't even have a clue who they're flying on, even if it is a major carrier. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I mean, unless it's like a major carrier where they live, probably they really don't yeah. have much of an idea. Because I've, I've got friends who have flown to Europe before and they bought a ticket on whatever the U.S. carrier was, but it was operated by the European partner. And they told me, yeah, I was on a United Airlines A340. And I said, <laughs> no, you weren't. You were oh, probably on a Lufthansa or a Swiss yeah. A340. And yeah, they swore to me. They're like, no, it was an A340. <laughs> I know it was an A340. They told me that, but it was a United. <laughs> I didn't get into an argument. I was like, okay, sure, you're right. But like, they, they legitimately, they were flying a Lufthansa. They had bought yeah. the ticket through United or, or whoever right. it was. And they didn't even realize that they were on Lufthansa. Yeah, well, I, have a, I have a coworker who, um, she has family in Germany. So she would buy Lufthansa. And it, you know, I don't think it necessarily registered to her that she was doing United to Denver or back from San Francisco or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I I, I don't think that they would be like, oh, Silk Air or Singapore. They'd be like, well, I'm just going to Singapore. I'm flying whoever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You guys, I don't know. I mean, what we need to do is find a random millennial and just ask them if if it means anything. I I kind of think it does because they're very astute and they're very brand-based, right? Product, brand, image for their Instagram feed. It's got a, you know look really sharp. So I, I think they are looking at what airline they're flying because they're probably going to film it and Instagram it to their friends. I, I really think they are. Yeah. Well, yeah well, so if there's any as, as long as you're not trying to like market to the millennials because we know how well June will Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, exactly. Yeah, no, the millennials. I All don't right. think millennials want to be spoken down to. I think millennials want to enjoy everything that's the best of everything, right? They don't want to be they don't want to step down from what the adults get or the older. I mean, I guess. I mean, I I'd be considered a millennial, but yeah, I'm both of you guys probably about the most boring millennial out there. So <laughs> yeah, okay, but nothing against Spirit. But if you could fly American or Spirit, would you choose Spirit for a two dollar two dollar less fare? For two, well, I mean. 
come on, let's consider who my wife works for and that I'm getting 20% off if I'm paying. Mm-hmm. No, um, no, say, say you were a civilian. Oh, okay, okay, just as a, imagine, yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Um, I, I think most would, would choose the $2 less. Probably. I, 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 I mean, think that, uh, so, um, um, and I'm that's why they get so many complaints. <clears throat> airlines like frontier and spirit because people people pay bottom dollar and they don't pay attention to what is offered they don't they don't read the fine print they haven't heard and and a lot of times it's people who just don't travel that much to know or really even care this might be worth a poll drew that Mm -hmm. we can discuss in another episode is is figure out how to word this but i think this would be a really good discussion because you have a lot of people you, you, you have the elites, you have the av geeks, you have the minor av geeks, and then you have just the general traveling population. Yeah. I think that you're going to get the whole spectrum. All right. So somehow uh, we got dragged into yeah, uh, let's, domestic let's, again. So we got, we got two more international airlines to talk about. Yeah. So, so <laughs> South African, we've talked about them quite a bit. We talked about how they might fold a couple months ago, but they just asked their creditors for a delay until June 15th, which is tomorrow to come yeah. up with a rescue plan. The plan involves South African government spending $1.5 billion to restructure the airline. And South African still continues to operate repatriation flights. I get a photo every couple of days from Drew of an yeah. A340-600 sitting yeah. on, the, on the ramp. So well, I, I know that uh, that John on Twitter would probably be happy to see that his beloved 600 is still out there operating. Oh, you know he would. <laughs> Well, as we speak, well, as of yesterday, anyway, when I was working, there's a South African A340-600 that's sitting there with the jetway off. And I just read that they've given, they have already given those back. So is this going to be like a high budget version of that, whatever that TLC show is where they repossess the aircraft, you know, some guy comes in the dark of night and (laughs) is going to, yeah, they're going to get onto an A340, turn it on and just, I guess, power back and... (laughs) Get out of Dallas. I don't know what's going to happen because that plane has been sitting there for three days. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. One more. One more for us. Alitalia. Now, (laughs) Alitalia's problems go way back pre-COVID. So the government of uh, Italy or the EU is on the fence whether to give them all this bailout money because they were in bankruptcy. They've been in, in bankruptcy, some form of bankruptcy since 2017. Oh, Nothing I was going to say it. since Julius Caesar ruled Rome. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we all it's know like, that. Yeah. All right, go ahead. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, so they are going to get a bailout, but they're looking at this and listen to this plan. So their plan is for this new company to come in, but then they're going to lease the current, airport workers and the current flight crews and flight attendants. So the EU is like, what's the difference? <laughs> Management. Well, I mean, okay. You know, everything gets wiped out in a nuclear Holocaust. What are the two things that survive? Cockroaches and Alitalia. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we've used that joke multiple times because it's true. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So they'll be smaller. I think they have, <clears throat> guys, what do they have? They have uh, a three thirties. I think they have some triple sevens. They do. They have yeah. like two or three or like a really weird small number. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I, on a positive note, you know, a lot of people will keep their jobs and the airline won't just fold. So they'll keep it going. All right. So let's, let's move on to uh, some, some fun. Now that we've kind of talked about some downers of a topic, one of our listeners in Denmark, Dominic told us that when he was learning English, the school had some old national geographic magazines in the library. And he was fascinated by all the airline commercials, which are full page ads for some of the new services, the route maps, et cetera. Yeah. So based on uh, what he said, we thought it'd be fun to play a game of uh, old airline slogans. So the three of us, I mean, we don't know what, what we're going to ask each other, but we'll throw out at least two bygone airline slogans and the other two will have to guess. So Justin, what do you have for us? The first one I found, I, I, I feel like this one should be pretty easy for y'all. Um, love is still our field. Southwest. Southwest. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that one, that one's pretty, pretty low hanging fruit, but. All right. Okay. Can I go next? Yeah. I got a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Go ahead. All right. Um, Something special in the air. Oh, I remember that one. Justin, but who was seriously? It? Oh, you're gonna be in trouble when you get home. It's uh, I am. I am at home, and my <laughs> wife's working in a couple uh, rooms over. Home. So, is that that's American? It's American. What yeah, air? It was. It was 
okay, we're American Airlines uh, doing what we do best, but and then they changed that. We're American Airlines, something special in the air. I don't know why they changed it, but that was. Yeah, and when was that? This would have been in the mid 80s. Okay. Yeah, I was born then, so. <laughs> all right, you get a free one. Um, all right, here's an easy one, you guys. Easy. The world's favorite airline. What? I just did a pen drop. Pan Am? Chirp, no. chirp. Chirp, chirp. Okay, here's a clue. Favorite is spelled with a U. United. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, who spells it F-A-V-O-U-R-I-T? Is it like B-A? Yes. British All right. Okay, yeah. The spelling um, helped. <laughs> All right, Doug, what do you have? I give up. <laughs> don't give up. But uh, I've got I've got two. So the first one I, I laughed when I read this, and I will probably laugh as I read it. Is this any way to run an airline? You bet it is. <laughs> what? I have no idea. Is it TWA? Mm. I have no idea. I've They've been long gone. National. Braniff. Braniff. Of course. National. Yeah. Okay. Where'd you go to dig that up? Uh, I just googled. <laughs> airline slogans <laughs> and I, I laughed when i read that one because um i i think national was known for not really having great operations okay and then, now um how about this one you can't beat the experience <laughs> i don't know you guys are not good at this <laughs> oh i'm aging myself because i remember these when the commercials were actually actually on it that, that one is pan am okay all right, my, my last one, some people just know how to fly. Oh, um, TWA. Mm, close. American. No, Northwest. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that one sounds familiar. Okay. Yeah, right. probably because uh, when I was doing those, all those pictures a couple months ago of the pamphlets from airlines yeah. that I had, that was plastered all over most of the, most of the pamphlets. All right, so you guys have no excuse for this because this is a current slogan, and I got this from Dominic. I, I have seen it, but, you know, we don't see it as much as if we were in that part of the world. Non-stop you. Okay, you guys got an F on this game. Uh, SAS? <laughs> no, well, close. Same alliance. Non-stop you. They're in the Star Alliance. Lufthansa. Yeah. All right. No, I've, I've never seen that one. Okay, and I got my last one. And this one was actually, like, one I just remembered off the top of my head from being a kid. Work hard, fly right. Continental. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that, seeing that one a lot as a kid growing up around Houston or, you know, they had the big hub before the United merger. Yeah. yeah. But then Doug, what's our favorite one that we've one taken on? One mission yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh when we, there's a TWA uh, vintage site or what do you call that? Um, uh, TWA heritage yeah, site. Uh, yeah. Twitter. And they just put out these slogans as if TWA is still operating. You know, we have one job. It's like, you guys have been out of business for 20 years. <laughs> well, I, I remember a couple of months ago, they were like, uh, guys, this is just a historical Twitter handle. If you have questions about your airline, don't come to us. We haven't operated for 20 years. Yeah. Or they tweet about the TWA hotel and then they have uh, complaints or compliments on that yeah. for their hotel. And it's like, oh, it's not us. <laughs> Well, I, I'm sorry I didn't get a lot of those. This was good though. This was fun. I, I enjoyed. Yeah. I enjoy. I enjoyed the research piece of it for sure. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, some of our listeners are probably biting their lip. It's like, come on, yeah. so easy. And I'm not. I'm not going to edit any of this. Like, this is all going in raw. All right. So now back to more Av Geek stuff. Doug, you were able to fly for the first time this week. I was so jealous, and it was a beautiful day. Where did you go? I went to Victorville. So for those who don't know, Victorville is one of the boneyards where airplanes go to die. They, they go there, they get parted out, and most airplanes that go into Victorville don't leave. When the 737 MAX last year had its issues and it was initially grounded, Southwest sent their entire fleet to Victorville. And I, I actually did some touch and goes there last year and saw the MAXs sitting there. And timing worked out. My flight on Wednesday, just where, where we ended up after a profile to give us a couple hours of touching goes at Victorville. And guys, if you've seen the pictures of all those Delta airplanes on the runway, all nose to nose, dozens and dozens of them for a mile and a half on this giant runway, that's at Victorville. 
So I was lucky enough to do some touch and goes and some approach work there this week. And I got to see that. And Southwest has beyond the max, they, they have probably three or four dozen 737, 800s and 700s sitting there as well. And there are a whole bunch more 737 maxes now as well. I saw Korean, I saw Silk Air. I'm, I'm trying to remember what else, but lots of different carriers now have maxes because when Boeing is done building them, they have to put them somewhere. So they're in storage at, at Victorville. So going down there was overwhelming. It, mm. I, I, I knew what was going to be there, but I didn't quite know what to expect or what my feelings would be. Yeah, and it was it was it was powerful seeing really? the life cycle of an airplane because there were Qantas 747s getting chopped up. There were there was an L ten eleven getting chopped up, FedEx DC tens. I mean I mean, and it's an Avgeek extreme seeing some of these old airplanes there, but it's it's also sad seeing the death of some of these amazing airplanes. But then you also have these brand new seven thirty seven Maxes that haven't even been delivered to the customer yet. Right. You literally have from start to finish, an airplane life cycle. But the most powerful thing about it is Victorville right now represents two crises in the aviation industry, the 737 MAX issue and COVID-19 because of the the hundreds of airplanes that are parked at Victorville right now waiting to go back into service. I, honestly, if you guys can see this at some point, it this just the sight of it is incredible. And I wish I hadn't been at 150 knots doing touch and goes because I, I would have liked to have been able to actually spend some time to uh, to walk around. But I was able to get some pictures and document kind of what I did down there for a little while. Yeah, yeah. great pictures. Um, yeah, everyone. So just go to uh, Doug's Twitter. It's at O-Wayfinder, O-W-A-Y-F-I-N-D-E-R, and look at his pictures. They're pretty awesome. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably do a post on the website about it when I get a chance here. All right, cool. Um, you guys, one more thing before we go. Uh, last week, we asked our international listeners to reach out and tell us what things are like in their home countries. Chris in New Zealand, uh, he reached out to us with some info on what it's like in New Zealand these days. Uh, Doug, what did he say? Yeah, it was really nice. So thanks, Chris, for getting back to us. He said, hey, Doug and Drew, just finished episode 28. Another great show. It's just been announced that New Zealand is COVID-free. Our borders are closed, but domestic travel has opened up, both Air New Zealand and Jetstar. No social distancing either, so hopefully the planes will be full. Good news, the prices have dropped so they can fill mm. the planes. Looking forward to getting back in the air. New Zealand is heavily promoting domestic tourism, which is awesome. Thanks for your great work. Much appreciated. Yeah, and you guys, as these uh, countries tamp down the virus, they can fly between each other. So I'm hearing that uh, there's going to be flights from New Zealand to Japan, definitely Australia, Mm -hmm. right? So that should be starting up. So you'll have these, what they call bubbles of aviation until more places open up. Yeah. Yeah. And the domestic tourism, I mean, we're seeing that in the U.S. too. Places are saying, hey, travel domestically. And for those people who are heavily international travelers, it is kind of nice to take a a break and kind of see your backyard, something you probably haven't done for a while. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, we were that. we were off this week, and we just rented a cabin up in the mountains mm-hmm. for a few days. It was refreshing, very different than our normal vacation, but it was nice, yeah. quiet. Yeah, yeah, nice to get out. Justin, anything else you want to uh, tell us or our listeners about your article or or about accessibility <laughs> or anything? <laughs> well, there was the thing you mentioned about like with the alt text with the pictures on Twitter. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, and remember now you, they. Just recently, you should see this now. There's a button. Everyone will see this now. So when you upload, pick your pictures, it will give you this, and it will get let you type in a description of the picture. So you maybe just briefly, you know, in a few words or whatever. I think you get, like, I think they changed it. You get a 1,000 characters now per yeah, picture. Yeah, you can write. Well, you can write. Um, I started doing this when you told me about it, Justin, and it's really easy so if you guys, if you're posting something on Twitter, on the bottom, um, you used to have to change your settings to get this to appear. But just, as Justin said, you don't have to now. So you'll see something that says ALT. Please click that and put a description of your picture. Then people who are blind can read your tweet and also know what the picture is. And yeah, just well, like what, what my screen reader will do is it will then read that description that you wrote out to me. And it will say, it, it will say like on the iPhone, it says like, image and then it reads that description yep 
and yeah. it does, you can do that with gifts now too. I'm I'm really bad about that. Justin sent me instructions on how to do it, and then I posted some pictures, and I'd forgotten to do it. And he sent me a message. He's like, "Hey, do you want me to send you the instructions again?" <laughs> hint, hint. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm bad." Yeah, I've since given up on you. Um, <laughs> I I sometimes forget, but I usually do it, right, Justin? Yeah, yeah, you're pretty yeah, good so about it. I mean, I'm, it's, I'm it's one of those things you have to sorry. get in the habit. It's it's not a big deal. I mean, and when I'm, we were talking about Aero Savvy earlier, um, Ken posts all, he does the alts on a lot of his pictures and he's even like reached out to me for advice on it. So oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So what you're saying is that I should ask you more, more questions. <laughs> if you have questions on how to do it, I mean, you know, send me a DM. Um, <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's, you know, I explain how to do that kind of stuff to people at work for a living. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but now it's really easy. You don't have to change any settings. Just look for that ALT, click it, and just put a description. Just because you get a thousand characters, you can do one in. Don't make them all that long. I mean, okay. you you okay. normally you can just say like a sentence or two. So if know? I said, so I I posted a picture of an MD eighty seven. So if I say, all right, um, Delta MD eighty seven at the gate in in, in the sunlight i don't know is that good enough or yeah that'd be fine it's kind of like the main takeaway is kind of how i tell people like what do you want to be the takeaway from the picture you don't have to describe every little detail i don't need to know that there are like three clouds in the sky or there's someone over there wearing a polka dotted dress or you know you know focus on the big picture what's important all right, Justin, someday, uh, hopefully we will meet you in person, uh, especially when this COVID uh, stuff goes away and we can travel more freely. So um, to our listeners, give us feedback, you guys, and ideas on Twitter at Nextra Podcast, because as we say, this show is as much yours as it is ours. So we want to continue talking about things that you are interested in. So at least let's keep the conversation going. And uh, Justin, thank you so much for joining us again. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime y'all want to have me on, guys. I'll reiterate what Drew said. Justin, it's always a pleasure having you on. Guys, you can find him on Twitter at FatElvis04, or you can find his writings on RunwayGirlNetwork.com. We know you have your choice of podcasts. We thank you for adding us to your list. Despite the craziness in our lives, we love doing this podcast. We hope it gives you some entertainment and a break from all these stressful times. Thank you for joining us again. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, stay aviation tough. This has been the Next Trip Podcast. Find us on Twitter at Next Trip Podcast or officerwayfinder.com slash podcast. <clears throat> that that might be the, the title of this episode. Where my dog is dropping nuggets. Yeah. Uh um it'll be in uh when we have our next trip fails we'll have this segment